Armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? Rum and Cokes? Do you have any idea how important you this is? You're trying to save the idea? pump cup. Really? This is you what you're doing? This is what you're doing? Chief, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGinn. I don't know much, but I know one thing. Willie Taggart is heading to Baltimore to help coach that team. Lamar, you got to get out now. Get out while you can. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. He's the All-American man. Hey, howdy, hi, and how the hell are you? Welcome to Braves Country. We've got a great show in store for you today. Brian Snow will be here in just a moment. We'll be talking a lot of college basketball and a little bit of baseball and maybe you can get into some NFL as we're waiting for the tags to hit. They haven't really hit yet in the NFL. There are some cuts made. We'll get into that here in a bit. And then Justin's on the way. We haven't talked to him in about a week as well, and uh, he, he'll uh, have a lot of things to say about the Atlanta Braves, and of course, we're going to get into Tennessee Volunteers. I mean, the basketball team, it's kind of flailing right now. They got to get it straightened out in short order. We got a big night of college basketball. Can't wait to get into that in a little bit, but before we do that, I do want to hit the news of the day. A couple of things that happened down here in Braves country, uh, not too far up the road, up in Nashville, the Titans cut Robert Woods, or as most people affectionately call him, Bobby Trees, as that was an absolute disaster of a of a addition last year. I can't really say of a trade. They only gave up a six-round pick, but it was a six-round pick for this coming year. So that is gone, but they are cutting Woods. He came off the ACL tear. And he just didn't look like that, that he's still has that spring in his step. So they're cutting bait with him. And then they got rid of what Justin and I have been talking about for God, Lord, two years. Plus one of the biggest albatrosses hanging around the Tennessee Titans neck is Taylor Lewan. And first of all, a lot of it has to do with this big salad. The other thing is the guy was never on the field. It's never on the field, much like Lamar Jackson who wants a long-term deal. He wants guaranteed money. He's looking at the Deshaun Watson deal, and he believes that he deserves that kind of deal. And the thing is, nobody's giving, only the Browns were dumb enough 
to make that kind of move. That's it. I think Lamar Jackson is going to have to come to realize that the Cleveland Browns are run extremely poorly and no one else is going to make that kind of deal. I also do I also believe the ship has sailed with him in Baltimore. I think Baltimore wants to move on. I think he wants to move on. And I keep banging the table about it. I'll do it one more time. Bring him to Atlanta. He would benefit from a new scenery. He would benefit with a a, a fan base that, that would op, that would welcome in him in with open arms. And then as far as Baltimore is concerned, they're going to have to go in a, in a different direction, which is why I believe that they brought Munkin in because they want him to change the offense, right? So a lot of things going on in the world of the NFL, but as baseball nears us, we're only three days away. We're, at, we're technically two. There, there are two games on Friday afternoon, spring training games Friday afternoon. Texas and I, I, they're, they're both being played at 3 o'clock. Now, why? I don't know. I don't know why they would both play them at the same time. Why you wouldn't stagger them, maybe have something for baseball fans to tune into on a Friday night, you know. But anyways, Rangers and Royals are playing at 3.05. Mariners and Padres are at 3.10. And both of them are being played out in Arizona. So I don't really get why they're both being played when there's only two games, but it is what it is, and I'm sure a lot of us will will tune in. I know I'll tune in just because it's good to have baseball. The Atlanta Braves, on the other hand, 105 Eastern, Red Sox, Braves. Make sure to catch it here. Braves Country HD will bring you play-by-play. We're looking forward to that. No word official yet on who's going to pitch, but you know how these spring training games are. They'll, they'll get in an inning here and an inning there, and they'll slowly build it up. The good news is this year, Spring training is the full allotted almost six weeks that you get of spring training from the time they they originally report until the first game, right? And I think the players may lose interest, but I think the managers, specific, specific coaches, like having that extra time. A, it's more for the pitching than it, than it is the hitters. The pitchers want to show up and get stretched out at a normal pace. Last year, remember, it was about three and a half weeks, and it was condensed, and I think you saw a lot of it come through on the actual playing field. I know you, I know you did in Atlanta. Atlanta looked like they were sleepwalking through the first month and a half of the season. So... This year we're going to get a full spring training. Now, once again, not many games are on TV. That's just that's just the way the Braves roll. Maybe something will change here in the near future when you get the. Eventually, something is going to happen with the Bally Sports collapse. They're filing for bankruptcy now. Major League Baseball said that they will keep it all afloat and keep the games on this year, but someone will eventually have to take over the broadcast rights and whoever does will be the big thing on whether you know i don't understand why major league baseball just doesn't do it right do it just like the way the nfl network or nfl does it and have just like you have an nfl ticket have a baseball ticket and make it where fans can see him now it's funny baseball fans are always complaining about blackouts like it doesn't help it happen anywhere else if you get the NFL ticket, 
and you're in that market, you get blacked out. Now you can usually get it, get the get the differences. You can usually get the game on rabbit ears, right? You can usually get Fox or CBS and rabbit ears, most places that you live. But as far as streaming options or cable or what have you, how, how, however you absorb your, uh, programming, there's still blackout restrictions, but that's the big, biggest difference is that if the Braves are blacked out in your market, if you live in Tampa and the Rays are, are, are blacked out in your market, if you live in Minnesota and the twins are blacked out, you can't typically just get that on your local stations and say everything is going to be okay. It's usually right now 19 different markets with Bally. If it's not Bally, it's one of the others. I forget what the the uh, one up in Chicago has a uh, has an off brand name for the Cubs, but you you have to have some kind of of option to stream that. Major League Baseball, this is your opportunity to grab 19 markets and say, "Hey, we're going to carry it." We're going to, we're going to charge you X amount and we're not going to do blackout restrictions wherever you're at. Right. And then, and then it comes down to the individual and whether or not they want to pay for it, but Hey, maybe you set it up like, like they have, I believe the NBA still does this where you can get the league pass, but you only pay for your specific team, right? Your specific team. So if you're only an Atlanta Hawks fan, and you're living out west somewhere, you can you can purchase just the Hawks package. You can do that for, for anyone in the NBA. Maybe baseball looks into something like that. Uh, I do not have the NBA package because they have so many games on TV that on all, all your you know ESPN and TNT and whatnot that I don't see the point in it, especially when if they're going to take off, 75% of the games and say they're load managing. Well, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I load manage my fandom. I wait till, till around uh, April or May to really start caring about the NBA. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Brian's going to join us and we're going to be talking some college basketball, baby. It's bubble time. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves country and Braves country HD, wherever you stream. Are you okay, pal? I had a rough day on the job. Are you going home now? I was about to. Well, then, you just fulfilled the first rule of law enforcement. Make sure when your shift is over, you go home alive. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. With your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Make Contact. A collective psychosis is sweeping the nation. We're in the thick of the haze craze, and Elysian is introducing an altered state of IPA. Contact Haze is a tangled chemistry of mild haze, low bitterness, and an explosion of hop aroma. This hazy IPA bursts with notes of bright raspberry, currant, citrus, guava, and passion fruit. Available in six-pack cans in stores. Make Contact. If we actually enjoyed our New Year's resolutions, we'd all have six packs, money in our saving accounts, and we'd know how to play the piano. I have to tell you about the one resolution I actually enjoy. It's Built Bar. It's delicious. Oh, yeah, it's healthy, too. They're low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. 
lose or maintain weight while indulging. Visit BuiltBar.com. Braves Country, weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern, 99.1 FM, The Key, your first choice for Southern sports talk. Hey, folks, this is Mark White with The Mark White Show, and you can tune in to The Mark White Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Rock 99 WQEE, The Key, the home of Southern sports and talk. When you were my age, did you ever have trouble deciding what you wanted to do with your life? (laughs) No, I never had that problem, really. Why? Forget it. I didn't think you'd understand. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGee the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. I am doing great, brother. Great to be on with you. We are just, I mean, you can count it down now. We're just hours away from spring training coming back. And yep. I know a lot of people aren't going to watch it inning by inning by inning for every single game, but I still think it's great when you can put on a spring training game, either listen to it or watch it. Mm-hmm. And just kind of put it on and get and first of all, there's so many things, there's so many moving parts that if you are a big baseball fan, there's so many things, especially for I'd say over half half the league right now that there are position battles that can make a decision that decisions have to be made that can make a big difference on whether a team's gonna make the playoffs or not. You got six weeks to uh, prove yourself and make the make the ball club. I mean, I'll use my White Sox as an example. Um, <clears throat> they got a couple of decisions to make. One at first base because Jose Abreu is now with the Houston Astros, and um, they got a decision to make at at third base. You know, but so the corners have to be filled, and those are two very important positions the White Sox need to fill, and they need to fill them fast. You got six weeks to make the team. Prove yourself. Tell me some good news here. Eloy Jimenez. What are you thinking about him this year? Because I've I've already grabbed him in a couple of fantasy drafts. Keep him. Keep him. Well, yeah, I, I've he's got a choice. To, it's a, he's uh, going to bust out this year. I think he's finally going to play a full season. That's he was, uh, that's key with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was stricken by injuries. Uh, the first couple of years he was in, in the league, and uh, I expect him to play a full season and to put up some monster numbers and lead this White Sox team to the playoffs or be one of the leaders they're in. Yeah, he's uh, – there There are times where I've seen him catch fire, and it's one of the reasons why I've taken a chance on him this mm-hmm. year in fantasy, where he catches fire and you can see that he's the real deal. Now, yeah. defensively, where where are they planning for him this year? They're going to try to play him in left field. Okay. I didn't know if they were going to. Is he an option at first base for y'all, or is that a. I don't see him as a first base option. I see him more as an outfielder. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if any of these. Did you see? I don't know if a lot of people pay attention to this. Aaron Judge was taking ground balls at first base yesterday. I saw saw that. What the hell are they doing? The appropriate question is, what the hell are they thinking? I mean, he look. He just signed a big extension. You got him implanted and in 
ensconced in right field, keep him there. Well, yeah, and the thing to me is this. The number one thing is why get into his head, right? Because mm-hmm. to, to, to go in and play a new defensive position, a lot of folks don't get this who never played the game. That can take away from your at-bats because you're you're ticked off at yourself because you didn't make the right play. Exactly. Sending defensive, and it can it can wear on you. Let the guy play the outfield or DH. And just let him do his thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, too many moving, like you said, too many moving parts. And the Yankees are trying to move him around and trying to make him more versatile. I mean, that's not necessary. You just signed him to a big contract. Let him play right. Let him play right field or center or center field. Let him play the outfield, and he doesn't have to think that much. I mean, that's nothing against the folks playing the infield, but when you have someone that is firmly ensconced in a position why the hell why the hell are you going to try to move him around i don't get it right they were they were talking about giving days off to uh to rizzo because i guess he's all how how is he already battling injury if he's already battling injury you 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 never should have resigned him that's all you go with that right giving days off to rizzo okay i get that Find someone else to play first base. Exactly. But when when Judge isn't playing the outfield, he should be DHing. He shouldn't be trying to. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to mention the fact the guy's what six seven, six eight, six seven. If he has not been playing first base all these years, that is going to be a. The first thing I'm doing, especially with no shift, first thing I'm doing when I come to the plate, I'm going to test him out. I'm going to try to rip something towards him and see, and see what he can do. Exactly. Exactly. Especially if you're a left-handed hitter and you have Aaron Judge at first base and he's never played first base, you're going to pull the daylights out of the ball and try to rip something toward him. That's That's one of the problems with all the analytic dorks that, you know, have kind of, I'm going to say they ruined the game, but they've definitely altered the game, right? And a lot of their numbers are helpful. I I won't discount that. Well, because most of them have never actually put on a glove and put mm-hmm. on some spikes in any realm of any sport, not just baseball, they don't understand that you can't you can't just move guys around and play them in different defensive positions. Exactly. It, it would literally be like saying, well, we're going to try to rest some of our defensive backs. So this year, We've decided Stefan Diggs is going to play some some uh, Nickelback this year. Wait, wait, what? What? What are you doing? No, no, no. Stop it. Stop it. Please stop it. We're going to see what Lamar Jackson can do as a punt returner this year. Wait, what are you doing? No, knock it off. First of all, you pay these guys way too much for them not to be playing their position. That's, right. that's Can you imagine going to Yankee Stadium for the first time in your life. You're a big Yankee fan. You finally get to go watch the Yankees play live and you buy yourself a ticket in the outfield to watch Aaron Judge mm-hmm. and you go in and you hear the announcement he's playing first base. <laughs> You're like, what? It's the only reason why I'm out here. See that, costs, see, that would cost you a fan right there because you want to see Aaron Judge play the outfield. That's where you saw him play when you're watching the game on television, and then you finally get to Yankee Stadium to see the game, and he's playing first base, and you're just, like you said, you're just going, what? <laughs> what is this? What is this kind of line? 
it's like, not as bad, but it, it's as bad as what the NBA has done to all of their fans. Where you, where you oh, go, go, go to the arena and say, "I can't wait tonight to watch Steph Curry play. I've never seen him play." And you walk in and you see him in street clothes. You're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. dude, yeah, management. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, load man. There is no man in, in God's green earth if that I would ever buy NBA season passes. No, there's, there's no way. Oh no." I mean, the only way, and I told my wife this, you know, because she and you and others believe in my dreams. The only way I cover an NBA game is if I'm strapped with a press pass. Yeah, but but, <clears throat> but as a fan, I could see myself buying regular season tickets, possibly if I had the ability to go to every game, but I would never do it for the NBA because I would do it for the NHL. Most of mm-hmm. them, play most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously there's mm-hmm. injuries. I get injuries. I never have a problem with when a, no. when a kid's no problem, with, no problem with injuries whatsoever, but, but when you're just load managing, that's a load of something. <laughs> that's all it is, man. Cause all they're doing is trying to extend their career. So that's that they, what, why is LeBron going to play till he's 50? Cause he's only playing half the freaking games. And that's been his mo his entire career. Essentially, yeah, he's that's been his mo his entire his entire I know, twenty I know year this career. Is not all the players, I get that, right? They're, they're they're having to listen to the coaches, and they're and the coaches are having to listen to their bosses, and it goes on and on and on up up. The yes, channel. yes. But the only way it gets affected is if the bottom line of the fans say we're not paying for games you want to load manage that's fine we're going to load manage our fandom like you said and we'll see you in the playoffs yeah load manage it's like you said earlier load manage our fandom load manage we'll load manage our fandom until you decide hey he's the reason the fans are coming in so i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna play him and i honestly believe most fans have because if you look at the ratings in the nba They'd, they are. They have tanked over the last three or four years. They, they used to be. They used to be very close to MLB ratings. Yes, they're nowhere near them anymore because no. because fans are, are fed up. Like, fans have had, fans have had it. it. I have a hard day at work. I get home. I want a cold beer and I want a ball game. And don't mm-hmm. tell me I'm sitting down to watch Celtics versus Milwaukee. And nobody's playing that I've ever heard of before. Exactly. Right. It's just, I, it's just, you know, that's one thing you don't have to worry about at this point in Major League Baseball. No. And that's one of the reasons why I don't want to see them water down the playoffs anymore because the play, the regular season needs to mean something. Mm-hmm. It no longer means anything in baseball. And you could probably make that argument in, in the NHL, but they're usually so close to each other in points that they don't have the same issues that the NBA has. Exactly. Right? But exactly. That's why I don't want to see them continue to expand the NFL playoffs. It's going to get bad. The the expansion of the college football playoffs in 2024, there's going to be some good to it mm-hmm. because it'll no longer feel like the Alabama Clemson and now Georgia Invitational. Right. right? right. You'll feel like that you got a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. But the bad part of it is, and this is just a, a purest college football fan, you're, the games aren't going to mean as much in October because you you'll now know. Well, I can lose three games and still probably get in the playoffs. Yeah, and that never. I mean, when when we were growing up, you lost one game, you were done. You were done. 
You, you were done. I mean, for the most part, when we were growing up, the mat the national championship was mythical because right. it was in the hands of the it was in the hands of the writers. It was in the hands of the of the of the folks in charge. I mean, then the BCS came along, and I got a statement about the BCS. I'll say here in a minute. Then the BCS came along, and you kind of got the picture of who would be playing in the national championship and kind of how the national championship would shape out. Now you got the college football playoff. And it's like you said, the importance of the games back in October don't mean anything anymore. And it's not really a playoff when there's only four teams. It's an invitational. It, that's all it is. You you cannot call it a playoff when there's four teams. You just can't. You have to have at least six to eight. Mm-hmm. To call it a playoff. Now, I'm not a big fan of the, of the 12 they're going to because I think it's going to water it down. I said for years I, I wanted seven. I thought seven was the perfect number because you yeah. would award the number one team in the country with a bye. Mm-hmm. You would also have five teams, automatic buys from the uh, power fives, which would, would have been perfect, and then two at largest, right? Right. right. And that would have been perfect. And they then you use the bowl, and then you use the bowl games the big ones to decide, you know, who gets eliminated, who moves on. And my thing is, if you're going to have a, <clears throat> if you're going to have a seven or 18 playoff, then the first round should be hosted on campus. Yeah. I, I don't hate that at all. And I'll tell you what, when it gets to 16, which it will, and it gets to more than 16, which it well, will, it will. I definitely agree with that because that's how the, Lower divisions do it. It just it makes it easier. Yeah, right. you can you can just host the playoff game. I've said this a few times here on this show since we've been on Atlanta, but I've been saying this for a while, and I'm gonna lay something on you, right? All right. The bowl games. Get rid of the bowl games at the end of the year. Put them yeah. at the beginning of the year. Put them in August at the mm-hmm. end, late August into September, and let them be what they should be, which is something to get excited about. Right. You, you get invited. We'll say, and I'll tell you something else you can do. You can have a television show in, we'll say, March, right? Maybe you do it the same day or the day after the uh, March Madness invitation has come out, right? Right. You have a television show and it says, hey, Tonight, we're going to announce where the – we'll just take a round number. We're going to do 20 bowl games in in on Labor Day weekend, and we're going to let you know who those 20 games are, what 40 teams are going. And please right. getting psyched about that as a fan. You can start making decisions. Do you, do you want to go? Can you go? Mm-hmm. Do it on Labor Day weekend, and it's a perfect time to be able to go – either somewhere tropical, if you want to do it in Florida, you go out west, wherever. You can even, at that time of year, you can even hold them up north, right? Yeah. It, it wouldn't have to just be, you, you know, tropical uh, cities or what do you, uh, tourist attractions. Or places with domes. Anywhere. Or places with domes. Right. But what I'm saying is that as a fan, I'm not talking about from the playing standpoint. As a fan, when you when you decide you want to take your family somewhere and right. visit, some of the some of that goes into is I don't man, I, do I really want to go to Nashville in late December? It's going to be colder than you know what out there. If I want to go to Nashville, I'd rather go in the summer where I can actually go enjoy the. If it, you if you hold it on Labor Day weekend. 
Well, then it opens up cities like New York and Chicago, right? Because you're no longer going, oh, dude, I'm not dealing with the Chicago wind. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. You know what? Maybe I go up there and maybe I catch me a Cubs game or a White Sox game while I'm I'm in the area. Make it a full full weekend. Yeah. Make it a full weekend. I I think they're missing out because nobody's watching these bowl games. The only people that watch these bowl games are degenerate gamblers like myself. Other than that, nobody's watching them. They're like, what's right? Nobody's nobody's paying attention to the bowl games anymore because there's no meaning to them. Versus San Diego State and the Hawaii Bowl. What I want to watch that. And I'm like, well, because I'm getting six and a half. And, uh, (laughs) but that's, but I'm a different breed. Okay. Your average fan is going, I don't care about it. Move on. And you you and I are looking at the spreads. They're going, okay, do I really want to take the, do I really want to take the points or do I want to lay the points? And if I lay the points, do I trust the team that's, you know, laying the points to cover it, you know? Exactly. I mean, it's folks like you and I, we break it all the way down. Well, let's go ahead and try to switch gears here. I know I rambled on a lot about football, but it is college basketball season, and it's warming up in mm-hmm. a big way. And talking about right now, the top overall seeds right now as as it's laid out, I would say – Alabama is being talked about is is the top overall seed overall. The number one seed. Mm-hmm. They're saying that the last team or first team out, as as they put it, is North Carolina. I agree with that. Last team in is Wisconsin. I also agree with that. And then if you look at the actual bubble, and I won't share on the screen because it's a little difficult to see. It's a little sh- uh, small, small text. But if you look at the actual bubble right now, the last four in in this order, I believe is how they have it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wisconsin, Southern Cal, Mississippi State, Nevada. Mm-hmm. The first four out, North Carolina, Charleston, New Mexico, and Utah State. And then after that, the teams really have some work to do. Oregon, Arizona State, Texas Tech, Penn State. And they're calling this the last four buys, meaning they're in and they wouldn't have to play on that Tuesday, Wednesday play in mm-hmm. Memphis, Boise State, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia. West Virginia really cracks me up because they're being looked upon as a shoe in to go in. Yeah. But they've got a terrible Big 12 record. Well, that's where the tournament comes in because a lot of people are expecting them to make a deep run in the Big 12 tournament. Right, but they okay, so they're 16 and 12 overall, but they I believe let me see if I can find it cuz this isn't the other day when I saw it I could not believe because I keep up with the bubble watch and everything like that and I really never paid attention to right. you know, all, all the other numbers and I'm sitting here on the other day on the show and I'm like wait a minute they're saying they're the lock to get in, into the tur- here it is. They're 5 and 10 in the Big 12. 5 yeah. wins and 10 losses. You can't put that team in the, in the tournament, but you know, they're going to, yeah, but it's absurd. It is absurd. I don't care how it is. You, you, you've only won a third of your conference games. And I got to change here. Um, they're looking at Alabama as the number one overall seed. No, they're saying I I got a, I got a wild card. That could be the number one overall seed. Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, I, I think I think they're looking at um, strength of schedule, though. 
Man, yeah. but still, they're running roughshod through the Pac-10. Right. I, I, I'm not saying that, that your opinion is valid. What I'm saying is this right. is why they're saying it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I, if I believe it either. The, the thing about the SEC this year, they're solid, but I really feel like they're more top-heavy than they have been in, in years past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be honest. If, I, if, you, if you told me I want you to pick the one seed, I'm going to have to go to the Big 12. It's the best conference. Yeah. And I don't know who I would put in. I would wait till the end of the Big 12 conference. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, I'm probably leaning Kansas. But I would want to see what the Big 12 conference tournament opened up. But I've they got, were by far I've got two shoe ins out. I got two shoe ins out of the pack out of the Big 12. Kansas and Texas. Those are my two shoe ins. Shoe ins to do <clears> what? To make the tournament. Oh, well, yeah. I I mean, they're going to get several teams in the tournament. I mean, yeah. I can tell you right now, Iowa State's going to make it. I mean, I'm surprised yeah. they're not talking about Oklahoma. They're 3 and 12 in the Big 12. They might as well put them in. Uh, TCU will make it. Yeah. Texas Tech, yeah. They got some work to do, but uh, Texas will be there. Baylor will be there. Kansas State will be there. Oklahoma State will be there. Mm-hmm. For some unknown reason, West Virginia is going to be there, and Kansas will be there. They're going to get several teams in. Texas is probably looking at a two seed, to be honest. And Baylor's taking a couple on the on the chin this week. They've yeah. got a little work to do, but they could possibly work their way into a two seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's coming down to the wire, and it's going to depend on how teams perform in their conference tournament. Uh, give me an example that we talked about off the air. Northwestern. I was your boys. So, no one expected Northwestern to be 20 and seven right now. I, I still have a hard time believing. I don't know why. It's not like I think of Northwestern as a powerhouse, but they're saying that this will be their second time ever making the tournament. Yes. And I do remember recently them making the tournament and them saying it was their first time ever, but yes. it just doesn't register long term. I'm like, really? Northwestern has not yes. made the tournament more than one time in their entire. I mean, that's that's remarkable. The Big Ten's a little down this year, but I think overall the top is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll get as many teams in as they normally do, but they've got a big game tomorrow night. Northwestern is at Illinois. At Illinois. Nine o'clock on the Big Ten network. I might do a live play-by-play stream of that game. That should be a good game. I might do, I might do a live play-by-play stream of 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 that game and i got a couple of reasons why i'm thinking about thinking about doing it but northwestern shocked the world by upsetting number one purdue at welsh ryan arena and that catapulted them on the map they're ranked 21st right now they got four big games left to close their season including rutgers and penn state if they run the table and I can't believe I'm going to say this as long as I've been a Northwestern fan. If they run the table, there is a there is a chance and a half that they could be the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. They see they're at Illinois, they're at Maryland, at home against Penn State, and at Rutgers. That's going to be a tough, tough ask. Yeah, but no. Even if they're not the one seed in the, in the Big Ten tournament, 
as long as they don't as long as they're not like a one and done right they should probably at least be a four seed in the ncaa's that's how i'm that's how i'm looking chase Ardige and uh boo booey have really catap- have really carried this team chase Ardige is a name you need to listen for going forward especially come big 10 tournament and especially uh come ncaa tournament because he really has come on lately for northwestern he helped them spring the upset against purdue and he got two big buckets late in their win against indiana matter of fact he came up with the game winner with five seconds left and then they and then Iowa came to Northwestern and Iowa just simply got destroyed by the Wildcats, 80 to 60. So I so I watched the majority of that game. I was surprised that, that game was more competitive. I was happy because I took uh Northwestern. They they were actually underdogs. I took Northwestern in the points. I don't know why they were dogs. It was at it was at Walsh Ryan Arena. I I took the I took Northwestern and took the points. Right, but if money talks and if and if money was coming in on Iowa, that's that's why. True, so, true. I took them in the points, and I couldn't. I was like, all right, that was Sunday night, wasn't it? I believe. Yes. Yeah. So I'm sitting down with my wife, and we're watching some movie or something on one TV, and on the other one, I've I've got that game on, and I'm sitting there when it first starts. Like, all right, I'm gonna have to lock into this because this is gonna be a battle. And they're all slowly pulling away. Like, my word, they're just running them off the court. And I was a good basketball team. But let's see, Northwestern plays with ball movement. And that's a credit to their coach, Chris Collins. And I'm happy Northwestern stuck with him because after a few down years, after they made the tournament, they were calling for his head. And the brass and NU wouldn't have it. They got two legacy coaches there. Chris Collins for men's basketball and Pat Fitzgerald for football. Leave him alone. Well, I'll tell you what killed Iowa is that they usually live off that three-point line, and they were let me let's see one for and, thirteen. And you night. defended that, and you defended that three-point line very, very well against Iowa, and that's what helped them upset Purdue. That's also what helped them upset Indiana. When you knock off two ranked teams within the span of five days. No, no matter what they do in the tournament, and they're not going to be one and done. They're too damn good. I believe those two wins punch their ticket to the NCAA's. Oh yeah, yeah, they're ranked twenty first in the country. There's no way that they don't go to the tournament. But it's it's more about how far can you get. Now I don't remember, but you being the 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 big Northwestern fan, how far did they get when they did go to the tournament? They got to the they got to the in 2017. They got in and they won a tournament game, then got to play Gonzaga, who eventually played for the national championship, and uh, was two and a half minutes away from upsetting them, but then uh, Chris Collins got tossed because of a technical, and then there were some other fouls, and Gonzaga, as a good team does, nailed their free throws and was able to complete complete the victory, but they nearly took down Gonzaga, the number one seed in that tournament. And I believe it was the West region where they sent Northwestern. So that was what was that the field of 32 that they played him in? Yes. Were, were they like an eight, nine seed, something like that? Eight. They were an eight seed. Okay. But they're going to be, I'm thinking the way you're thinking, they're going to be a four seed this year with the way that they're playing. I, I would think it, it worst case scenario would be like a five seed. Yeah. 
And anyway, oh, they, can play Thursday or, they get to play Thursday or Friday, and they don't have to worry about unless there's a total collapse in the final four games of the season, which I don't expect to happen. And then they go one and done in the in the Big Ten tournament after this after this run, because I believe they're going to beat Illinois. I believe they're going to beat them and they got to do it at uh, State Farm Center in Champaign. And then they got to go to the um, Comcast Center in uh, College Park, Maryland. And to me, one of the uh, big things is that if you can be a four or five seed, well, that means that you're going to play a four or five seed and you avoid having to face a two seed or three seed right. that second game. All right, we got to take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to dive into some baseball talk. Got, got a pretty good topic on hand. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country. Hello there, Frazier. Oh, what fresh hell is this? <laughs> Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. This Saturday afternoon, February 25th, 1.05 p.m. Eastern, Braves Country Baseball is back. We'll have play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch, inning-by-inning of your Atlanta Braves. That's Braves Red Sox. This Saturday, 105 Eastern on Braves Country HD, youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Time to live, laugh, and create memories again with MSC Cruises. Join us on some of the world's most modern and innovative ships. Discover again at our new private island, Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve, named best new cruise destination. Cruise the Caribbean and Bahamas from Miami or Port Canaveral. Book now with free balcony upgrades and flexible booking changes. Call your travel advisor or visit msccruises.com. Restrictions apply. MSC Cruises, a world of discovery. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill. Each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. You shut up! Well, I... You make me change restaurant, but nobody come. But where are people? You see people? Show me people. There are no people. You bad man. You very, very bad man. Bad man? Could my mother have been wrong? Hanging out with Brian Snow. And uh, Brian, your show's coming to the key. When does all that begin? Monday. This Monday, correct? This coming Monday, the Brian Snow Show will come to the key at 5 p.m. Eastern. And uh, Replay a Snowman in the Morning will come at 6 p.m. Eastern. Sounds good. We look forward to it. Uh, We've only got a little time to get into this. But I thought it would be a pretty good topic. 
and naming the bounce back guys for 2023 that could be a huge factor in the teams that make some real noise in the playoffs. And I told you, you take the American League and I take the National League because my fear was we'd both grab the same guys. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious where you're going. Who is your first guy in the American League? Eloy Jimenez. Ah, we just talked about him. Eloy yeah. Jimenez. Um, the only thing that stopped him from really producing and really being the slugger that he's going to be um, has been injury. He is yet to play a full season, but you've seen the potential SFI. It's it's there. And if he can not just be a slugger, but uh, spray the ball to all fields, which he has the potential of doing, he can really, really lead this White Sox team. He can be a 300 hitter. He can have 30 home runs. He can drive in 100. Uh, he can play the field very well. He just needs to stay healthy. That's the key for Eloy Jimenez. All right, my number one guy, Los Angeles Dodgers, signed J.D. Martinez. Mm -hmm. And this guy, when he was, was right and he was rolling, he was arguably the best right-handed hitter in baseball. Yeah. And is and is just I mean it's it's only been since what 2021 so he's only a year removed from 28 home runs right 99 RBI right I don't I don't pay attention to anybody's 2020 stats because they're all you know I mean it's guy, like anybody guy, can guy, get guy, it's guy, like guy. anybody can get him now right? right but if you go back if you take 2020 out. And you go into 2019, 2018, I mean, 2018, 2019, and 2021, his home run totals were 43, 36, and 28. Now, last year, 274 is not terrible in today's baseball, but only yeah. 16 home runs. Yeah. he's He's got to be a little heavier hitter. And if he can turn it around, it looks like he's he's going to be just the DH and not going to worry about playing the field much for L.A. Mm-hmm. He could be a huge difference for the Dodgers. Absolutely. Who's your next guy? This one was a toss-up, but I'm going to go with Jose Abreu, now with the Houston Astros. Um, You saw what he did for the White Sox for eight years, but the rich get richer in this case as uh, the world champion Astros pick up uh, Jose Abreu, who's the former MVP, 2020 MVP, and you get that bat in the lineup and him in the field. All I gotta say is the rich the rich get richer. Now with the Brayu, same thing that I said with Jimenez. You gotta be healthy. And I expect him to really be healthy and play the hell out of first base, especially with Dusty Baker as the manager. So my number two guy is Jose Abreu from Houston. So I just pulled him up. I was I would have lost a lot of bets. I think it was, he was 36 years old. Yeah. It's, it seems like he should be much younger, man. Thirty six, but he's playing. But he joined the league. He joined the American League. He joined the White Sox like late, like in his late um, late twenties. Looks like two thousand fourteen was his first yeah. year. So twenty fourteen was his first year. The math, not you know, he would have been twenty seven ish. Uh, mm -hmm. That is, well, that is an interesting one because if he can regain his form for the Astros, that could be a deadly offense. Last and they already got last year, Alvarez. Last year he did hit three or four, but to your point, only only fifteen home runs. Right. 
and that's and he played 157 games so that's got it's 600 at bats i mean that's really got to be concerning i'm a little surprised that the astros went ahead and said we'll, we'll take the risk because that sounds more like a guy who's on the backside of 30 and, and losing some of his uh pop as opposed to a good investment yeah him to like a two or three year deal three so, year deal yeah three year deal it's gonna be darn near 40 when that thing ends all right my number two guy jack flaherty for the st louis cardinals mm-hmm. now this is a guy that when you look at his his overall stats they're really not that impressive right i think we all remember how dominant he was before the injuries Mm -hmm. and he is a guy that you know it's i was i was looking at his numbers last night and i could not believe he really hasn't been dominant since 2019 Mm -hmm. but he's only 27 years old now he's a guy that seems like he ought to be older right 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 right. i want to put a brave three years younger and, and make uh Flaherty three years older, (laughs) but he, I'm so I just pulled up his numbers right now. In 2019, he was phenomenal. Right thing to me, the point seven whip in parts. That's just ridiculous in today's game. My goodness, yes. 2020, once again, you got to throw that out. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Uh, You know, only pitched nine games because it was this short season. It was the bubble season, right? But then he got hurt in 21 midway through and finally came back and pitched with just nine games last year. Mm-hmm. It was very pedestrian, but I, I don't, I don't over scrutinize that because when guys first come off the IR, especially when, when they know that they're, they're just trying to get their feet under, they're, they're just making sure they throw strikes. They're not necessarily right. Anything. Right. Right. If he can come back to the Jack Flaherty form, St. Louis should win the Central by a mile. Other, if, if he goes back to like the 2019, 2020-ish type form, that that St. Louis squad has a chance to be a dark horse, a darling in the NL going all the way in, through October. If Flaherty can play the way that he's capable of playing and get back to form, like you said, the 2019 form, A, they'll win that division by a mile. And B, they they just might compete for and win the pennant. But Flaherty is going to be a big key for them. Yeah, they. Uh, anyways, that's that's my number two guy. Um, I have I I think he will turn it around. Mm-hmm. But I worry about him much like I do Mike Soroka of the Braves. Yeah. Who is your number three guy? Lucas Giolito, starting pitcher, Chicago White Sox. Um, last year he was eleven and nine with a four ninety ERA, and that is well below his performance in two thousand twenty one. He needs a wipeout pitch. Yeah, he's he's kind of lost his swing and miss. Yeah, yeah, he's had more called strike called strikeouts than swinging strikeouts and you know that, what happened he's very big in the stitch community playing video games right <laughs> did he quit working out and worried more about you know, I, I don't even know what games he plays but i'm assuming world of warcraft or something like that mm-hmm. 
Well, I expect him to really get back to it and uh, really focus in, really, really zone in because this White Sox team, even though they lost Brayu, this White Sox team has a lot of potential, a lot of playoff potential. I mean, they have the ability. I mean, Cleveland just got hot at the right time last year. And when the White Sox went to Cleveland, sporting a winning record after their first homestand and Cleveland wiped us out, you know, that set the stage for the rest of the entire season. I expect the White Sox to really turn it around and Lucas Giolito is going to be the key for them. He's going to have to be because if Giolito comes out, lays an egg this year, I don't know if they're going to be able to compete with Minnesota and Cleveland. He's going to have to be, he's going to have to be what, what, what the White Sox have been waiting for him to be, which is a horse that they can ride. Yeah, and he was that in 2000, 2021. Right. They also have uh, Lance Lynn and Dylan Cease as their first three, you know. But Lucas Giolito has got to re re come re become the ace that he was in two thousand twenty one. All right, my number three guy, and I was going to go with Soroka, but he's already had a setback in spring training. So I'm a little nervous picking him as a, mm-hmm. as a guy that would uh, be able to to be someone you can lean on, but I'm going with the same team, the Atlanta Braves. And it's either, it's going to be either one of these guys or maybe a combination, but the left field position of the Atlanta Braves, they need Marcelo Zuna to go back to his 2020 form. Yes. Or a combination of Marcelo Zuna from the right side and Eddie Rosario from the left side Mm -hmm. to spell left field in a way where they're not like, well, they're just, well, we know who we, we know where they're batting today. We're going to put, right. uh, you know, we're, we're going to put, put the left fielder down there at the bottom of the lineup. Yep. You got to be a real threat. Yep. Yep. He's got to become a real threat. He's got to go back to being the threat that we know it can be because Atlanta has a powerful lineup and they need him to be a part of that powerful lineup. If they're going to scare people, because like you said earlier in the show, Atlanta slept walk through the first two thirds of the season. And then all of a sudden they turn it on and fly past the Mets. And if they don't, here's the thing. If they don't get that kind of production out of Ozuna or Rosario or both, then they might as well either put white or Luplo out there in left field because Mm -hmm. they've got better gloves and and at least be solid defensively. So it's on them. It is on them. Ozuna's in the last year of his deal. Rosario has two years left. I gave I'm giving Rosario a pass because of the eye surgery. Right. Here. But now it's time to rock and roll. What is your walk-off? My walk-off is this, and I'll keep saying it until I'm hundred years old. Don't ever think you can't beat anything because you're looking at a man that has beaten stage four pancreatic cancer. Okay. Well, we will see you uh, Monday, and uh, we'll see you here on Braves Country next uh, Wednesday. And you have a great weekend, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love you. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. We'll be back in a flash. Justin Waller joins us. He's going to be talking about busting with the boys. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks 
Sports Flash. Milwaukee Brewers sign Luke Voigt to a minor league contract. Big Slugger, ex-Yankee, finished the season last year with Washington after being traded from San Diego. Tyler Naquin also signs a minor league contract with the Brewers. They'll try to compete for at-bats in left field for the Brew Crew. Other movement over the last day or so, Joe Palumba, relief pitcher, signs a minor league one-year deal with the Texas Rangers. Keen Wong, second baseman, signs a minor league deal with the Seattle Mariners. Chicago White Sox designate Bennett Sousa for assignment. Tennessee Titans release Taylor Lewan. Lewan announced it on his podcast Wednesday morning, Bussin' with the Boys. Quote, I hope I did enough to create something all Titan fans can be proud of. I love you all, unquote. Tennessee also released wide receiver Robert Woods. The Titans traded a 2023 sixth-round pick to the Rams last year for Woods, who was coming off an ACL tear. And Willie Ball is going to Baltimore. The Baltimore Ravens hire longtime college football coach, ex-Seminole head coach, Willie Taggart, to oversee the running backs. Taggart, head coach at Florida State, Oregon, and Western Kentucky, along with South Florida and FAU the last three seasons, before being fired in November. He had been set to join Colorado staff under head coach Deion Sanders, but instead will take on an NFL job for the very first time. The University of Florida's co-defensive coordinator, Patrick Coney, is heading out west. He's leaving the Gators for the Arizona Cardinals after just one season and being replaced by recently hired Alabama assistant Austin Armstrong. Coney, who called the Gators defensive plays last season, accepted a defensive secondary coaching position with the Cardinals. Tony is 32, came to Florida with Billy Napier from Louisiana, where they worked together for four seasons. San Francisco 49er quarterback Brock Purdy has been waiting for swelling in his right elbow to reduce so he can have the torn UCL repaired. That procedure was supposed to take place Wednesday in Arlington, Texas, but now they are shooting for mid-March. Great college basketball matchups to get you over hump day. Starts at 6.30 on FS1. Providence is at UConn in a Big East showdown. 21-4 Virginia travels to Boston College, 7 o'clock on the plus. The Alabama Crimson Tide, who are rolling through Southeastern Conference play, they travel to lowly South Carolina. Gamecocks are just 3-11 in the conference. Tulane's at Houston on ESPNU at 9 o'clock. And Wake Forest is at NC State. NC State, 11-6 in the ACC and currently inside the bubble. Syracuse is at Clemson on the ACC network at 7, while North Carolina is at the Fighting Irish. That game is at 9 on ESPN. And Vandy tries to keep it rolling. Winners of five in a row in the conference, 8-6 in the SEC. They travel to LSU, 7 o'clock SEC network, while the Gators... Host the red-hot Kentucky Wildcats. They come a call at 7 o'clock ESPN. And Ole Miss is at Auburn at 9 o'clock on the SEC Network. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. The key in Noonan, Georgia. Simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves country.
this Saturday afternoon, February 25th, 1.05 p.m. Eastern, Braves Country Baseball is back. We'll have play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch, inning-by-inning of your Atlanta Braves. That's Braves Red Sox. This Saturday, 105 Eastern on Braves Country HD, youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Armchair. Ten years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire Braves Country, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Good afternoon, Mr. Justin Waller. Good afternoon, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. I doubt Taylor Lewan could pass concussion protocol to be a guest on the show, but offers out there, he's available. You're in Braves country. days from first pitch of the spring for the Atlanta Braves and maybe not too long for uh, Lamar Jackson to be heading down to Atlanta to play some play some feet ball with uh, Arthur and company you think there's any way shape or form that this is gets repaired and and Lamar Jackson is a Baltimore Raven next year Probably not. I mean, I think if it was, uh, he, you've wrapped that up by now, right? If you've got this far of a difference of opinion of where your player is and where your team is, uh, either A, you need a new agent, or B, you're too far apart, and I just don't see it resolving itself. You would think you'd want that, uh, especially nipped in the butt with the draft around the corner, don't you think? Yeah, and I'll tell you what, they just showed a picture of Todd Munkin, who's taken over as the offensive coordinator for the Ravens. And of course, he, of course, he came from the University of Georgia. Yeah, he looks like he's already aged about 20 years in the in the three weeks I haven't seen him. <laughs> I think he I think he landed in Baltimore after he signed the deal. Goes, by the way, we're not going to bring back Lamar. So yeah, so that's what's going on. <laughs> so you go ahead and work your magic. <laughs> I mean, where where are you on this? Do you do you feel like this resolves I think, itself? I think Stetson Bennett has a better chance of taking a snap for the Baltimore Ravens than uh, Lamar Jackson does this fall. I just I don't question. think okay, so. There's a couple of problems. A, he has finished the last two seasons injured, right? So that's so that's a big problem, especially when you are a running quarterback and you're trying to get paid, paid, right? So that's a big problem because they're looking at it as I don't want to give you all this guaranteed money because you're never available, right? The other problem is he's representing himself. So all the nasty things that are said during a, a negotiation, he's having to hear them. So that's driving up. Uh, you know, look, I know he's listening to his mom. His mom's has told him don't pay an agent. There's a reason why these guys do pay an agent because they end up making more money in the long run because they don't get their feels hurt don't get all up in their feels hearing about how you you're this and you're you hear it all the time in the baseball world where these arbitration rulings go down 
and the players get ticked off because they're being told that they suck basically to their face. And I've always thought that that was a terrible setup that they need to change that where the arbitration ruling comes in and a player has someone represent them in the arbitration room and they are not physically in the building because they don't need to hear that, hey, this guy's a bum, and though the team may never may not believe it, they're trying to state a case to save money. So it's kind of the same thing that's going to go down with <laughs> Lamar Jackson. You have to look his front, front and center and go, but, bruh, you're always hurt, and you want guaranteed money. But then he's going to come back with pretty good. First of all, if I'm him, I go, well, I'm, I don't suck like, Kyler Murray does. That's number one. And I'm asking for 50 million. And by God, I know him at least $5 million better than what Daniel Jones is. And he's asking for 45. <laughs> that's, that's who needs to go get him. New York giants. They can flip flop quarterbacks. And there you go. You take our mess. We'll take your mess. Okay, let's go. I think you fire your agent, a.k.a. yourself, and you go hire an agent if you want to play in Baltimore. If not, then I think it's written, and you're not going to change the opinion of uh, the player and the team at this point. I mean, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You can't let the emotion set in, and that's why you have an agent represent you because it is, at the end of the day, it's a business decision. I mean, across the board, each organization has front office folks that – well, that's what they do. They're the bean counters that make the pieces of the puzzle. You got so much to spend. You got them in these positions of need and they're business decisions. It's transactional business. And as a player representing yourself, you're going to bring your own self accolades and you're going to get emotional. And every that's dollar what counts. I think you'd want to eliminate. Right. And every dollar counts. And when you're talking about these guys on average, making about 35 percent ish give or take of their entire team salary cap you're that's a huge investment i don't care what the dollar amount is i'm looking at the percentage right and once again he would make more money if he went out and got himself an agent he just would he wouldn't get all wrapped up in it now, I, I think he's ready to leave baltimore anyway so i don't think that's the reasoning why you get an agent i think you get an agent because you're gonna make more money you're your star because I don't think a lot of teams want to deal with you and it's nothing against him personally, but they don't, they want to have hard conversations and talk about you like you are basically a piece of meat and you're going to get yeah. your feels all involved in it. But with that being said, I'd love to see him come to Atlanta because I think it's a perfect landing spot. I mean, we've talked about it at length. I think we both would like to see that. I don't, I don't know where he winds up. I, I'm something tells me that uh, it's not going to be in Baltimore, but uh, I don't know that we get our ideal landing spot of Atlanta either. Um, I had the perfect trade scenario the other day with Joe. You you want to hear it? If it involves Tannehill for Jackson, sure. No, no, not, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll th I'll throw a piece of that in. In this four team trade, Ryan Tannehill retires. Then okay, I'm in. Then the other three teams <laughs> involved. Chicago sends Justin Fields to Baltimore. Baltimore sends Lamar Jackson to Atlanta, and the and the Bears get their two number one picks. 
and then the Bears can draft whatever quarterback they think is the best. I know there's a big argument right now on whether it's Young or whether it's Stroud. I'm starting to to be in the Stroud uh, camp, but regardless, whoever you think it is, and then you take your other two first-round picks and let's go. And then Baltimore gets themselves basically a quarterback much like feel of it much like uh jackson where he, he can run right you don't have to change the offense a whole lot if at all in atlanta for a first round draft pick and a whole bunch of money gets themselves a, a franchise quarterback that can sell a lot of jerseys and a lot of tickets but that makes too much sense so we know it's never going to happen <laughs> and then aaron Rodgers goes to the jets because now I'm hearing more and more about stuff about the way McDaniel treated uh, Derek Carr. Dude, I don't know. I, if if I'm Rodgers, I know it's enticing to go play with your old uh, teammate, Adams. I'm going to the Jets. And I know it's it's tough being in that division. It's going to be tough being out in, in Vegas with uh, with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Let's face it. It ain't nothing but a plane ride to to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to go home to California, he can go anytime he wants. I mean, there's a private jet just sitting on the way. It's not a big deal. And I think he fits in that New York market. I think that's the superstar quarterback they bring in and look out. It's what they wanted way back when, when you brought Favre in for the few years he was there and he didn't really get the result. But Aaron's got enough left in the tank that there's talented, there's talent on that roster, and I think he could do things, especially inside that division. Yeah, I, and you know the difference between Aaron Rodgers and a lot of other people when he goes to New York. I don't think he cares. Like they, like they can interview him, and I've seen some people say, "Well, I don't think he's going to mix well with the New York media." I don't think he's going to care. I think he's just going to show up do his one interview a week that he's required to do. He'll say whatever the heck he wants to say. And Pat McAfee will give him quite a big of a chunk of his appearances. Cause you talk about the eyeballs going up oh, yeah. you go from Wisconsin to New York city. Look out before, before we get into the college football thing. Um, it looks like Mike Soroka's had himself a setback and Let's just go ahead and call it what it probably is. He's probably not going to be starting the season with the with the Braves. It's probably it's probably what's going to happen. They're going to baby him. They're probably going to baby him all year long. We'll be lucky to get twelve to fifteen starts out of him, maybe. Right? Who in your eyes would be the number five pitcher for the Braves? Who who would you like to see? Is it Ian Anderson? Is it Bryce Elder? I think it's a combination between those two. I think that's what we're watching this spring is which one of them to fill that fifth spot. By the way, have you seen Bryce Elder this spring? No, I am four days away from ditching my provider and finally having Dally sports available to me in a, uh, legitimate fashion. Let's just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I'm excited about it. So I, I still have to I, find MLB network. I still haven't, uh, decided on, I'll, I'll probably text you tonight about that. Cause I got to make that decision very, very shortly. I can't, yep. I can't deal with it. I thought I might be able to go to the MLB app and see some things and clips and everything. It's nothing. There's nothing there. It's, it's all junk. Um, 
I can't. MLB TV has said that there are going to be no blackouts and you can watch your favorite team. But when you live in this pyramid or this Bermuda Triangle of baseball fandom in the Middle Tennessee area, we, we don't get to see Cardinals. We don't get to see Reds. We don't get to see Braves. And no matter which team a fa- you're a fan of, I guarantee you'll get the one you dislike will be your broadcast coverage for that evening. It rotates and it's just hit or miss. No rhyme or reason as to why. And it's just really painful to watch. So it's more of a, I've been burnt too many times. You're going to have to show me and uh, somebody else going to pony up that money. And when I see that uh, those three teams are available in my area, maybe then I consider it. But until then, uh, I'm just worried. This the first hour MLB.tv needs to just take it over permanently. They got 19 teams that are affected by this Bally sports uh, bankruptcy. Why don't you just come up with what the NFL has, which is a, a package, but which you, but you're going to have to not do what the NFL does and, and, and do local blackouts because the difference between NFL blackouts and major league baseball blackouts is if I'm blacked out where I live, like if I'm living in the downtown Atlanta and I got the MLB or got the NFL ticket and they, and, and they blacked me out on the, on the NFL Sunday ticket for the Falcons doesn't matter because i can pick that up rabbit ears right but you can't do that with baseball you can't do that with basketball or hockey you you have to have the provider and so if mlb.tv just took it over i i think they could make some money and they could just say look wherever you live this is the package you can get whatever you can get how however many teams you want or you can just get your one team it doesn't matter but wherever you're at, this is what you got. And yeah. it's going to cost X amount and you either pony up and buy it or you don't. I don't understand why that model isn't offered. Uh, and stop me if I brought it up last week, but I, I think I forgot to, but they need to mirror what MLS is doing. And, and I'm being dead serious. And I know you're probably dying laughing inside that. I just referenced major league soccer coming from this guy, but I actually like the package they've rolled out with Apple TV. It's it's affordable. I'll let you go look the rates just so we're not advertising for them. But you get every team, every game. It's just an, one across the board. They are putting their package out there for the fans to be able to purchase and grow their sport and watch their superstars. And I don't know why other leagues don't take notice and offer it. You get a similar product um, with the NHL. I think they did make a good move, um, but you have blackout restrictions. Um, it, they almost hit it right with when they did their ESPN Plus package deal, but the blackout restrictions for ESPN is really what kills it. And there's got to be a way that the other, the major four, can offer that, yeah, especially when you're getting dominated on Apple by MLS. So in Florida, if you're a fan of, we'll say like Florida state basketball, you can't get it even though you have ESPN plus because it is ran off of what used to be uh, like sun TV or whatever. And it's basically like a Fox sports affiliate is it's one of those old, old school ones. You can't get it. It's impossible. And, he, and even if you have a streaming option like, like YouTube TV, they don't carry it 
So you just can't get the only way to get is to go to some pirate station. And honestly, Florida State basketball is not worth doing that for this year. But the thing about Bryce Elder, remember last year he had the big billy goat beard and everything? He is clean shaven. Dude looks like dude looks like a I don't know, a freshman in high school coming. I was like, who is this? They were interviewing my turn on go, God bless. And he said there's something something to do with he didn't have his razor with him when he came up and then he pitched well and he didn't want to mess it up, but his mom's been on his butt all all off season. So so he came to to camp shaving. We got to take a quick break when we come back talking college football and a few other things as we belly up to the bar. It's 420. Smoke them if you got them here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD. You're arrested for bribery. Can't you just bribe your way out? I mean, you're a briber. That's what you do. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio, living in an era of baseball where the impossible is unfolding right before our eyes. Salvador Perez. The 2-2. Popped up. Sandoval. In foul territory. Giants win. A World Series win for the San Francisco Giants. For the third time in the last five years. And their hero, Madison Bumgarner. The 1-2 again. Inside corner. The Royals. 2015 World Champion. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant. The Cubs win the World Series! Bryan makes the play! It's over! And the Cubs have finally won it all! But the game right now is at the plate. Armchair. The Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. You're right. Without realizing it, I've allowed that woman to alter my personality. You didn't have a personality. You just had some shows you liked. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. Welcome back. We are, I'll tell you what, I give up on this one, Justin. I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, last few weeks when we've gone to do belly up to the bar, I go to look to, to try to find the, uh, the, the dealio, the little thing and, uh, the, you know, the clip I can't find it. I don't know where the heck it is. So I'm just going to have to bring the whole thing back in as, uh, I'll just bring a prop next week and I'll, uh, kickstart belly up for you, you the proper way. Can you just sing it for me? <laughs> oh, I can't do the song, but I can do the intro noise. 
<laughs> and pour it in a cup. <laughs> if this thing downloaded correctly, I think we got it. Here we go. Belly up, belly up to the bar, boys. Better loosen your belts. Only drink when you're all alone or with somebody else. All right, here we go. We're going to belly up to the bar here. I want to say since the beginning, I feel like it's been right there at the beginning. Do you realize, Jess, we are going into, um, this will be, I believe, our 11th season? Or is it 10th? Let's see, four, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. All right, 10th season. This will be our 10th season. That is hard to believe. Time flies when you're really goofing off. <laughs> that is true. All right. Belly up with the first one. The, the college football clock rules. I, I sent you the link to it and everything. And the, the gist of it for people who haven't seen it is, you know, there's a couple of things that I don't think a lot of fans are going to pay attention to. One is there will no longer be untimed downs in between the first and third quarter that, that if there's a penalty or whatnot, it'll just be the first play of the fourth quarter to me, you know, that's not a big deal anyways. And it's kind of goofy that they ever did it that way. Right. It's just, it just is it you're, you're, you're prolonging the game. The big one to me is the fact that the clock will not stop after a first down. And to me, it will that, only stop in, inside two minutes of the fourth quarter, correct? Did I, I believe that so. Right? I don't know if all this is, from my understanding, it hasn't been hammered out all, all the way across. But this the, is what they're proposing. Right. So I believe it's the last two minutes. There, There's also been talk, it could be the last two minutes of each half. But yeah, as of right now, what, what we read was the fourth quarter. I mean, I say if you're not going to, stop the clock then to just don't stop the clock because I don't have a problem with it. Um, and I can Justin try, try a muting yourself and then unmuting yourself. There's like some, I don't know, weird noise. Um, let's see what you got here. I don't have an issue with it. I mean, I, I really, I'll tell you know what, like, uh, is that better? Tell you what, um, dip out and then just come right back in because there's some kind of weird uh, feedback or something. But but yeah, the, so as Justin's coming back here in just a second, uh, the the thing that, that I that I look at it is, I feel like that there's some really really cheap points that come in at the very end of the game that I would like to see it more like the NFL where, where you have to more conserve your timeouts, right? And do it that way. But it's, I'm not, it's not, it, it's not a deal breaker for me because if you know the rule, you know the rule and it is what it is. But I like the fact that in the NFL, when they get the ball and there's under, even under two minutes to play or whatever, that if you've blown your timeouts, that's a big part of it. You then have to be able to be very quick to the line, to 
to clock the ball, et cetera, et cetera. And if you don't, then it can affect the outcome. I don't like these, these college football games when you see like three touchdowns in the last two minutes and they're not particularly going up in haste. They're just kind of cruising down the field. And, and because the clock stops and at every drop of the hat, it is what it is. So I, I would kind of like to see the, the entire clock rule just changed across the board of we don't stop it anymore. And that, and that was the big one. That was the big rule change that I saw in this as uh, Justin goes to try to join us. He should be back here in a second. Um, the, the other thing with the, with the untimed down at the end of the end of the first end of the second or end of the third, you know, that's just really, that's just semantics. But what gets me is that a lot of this gets drummed up by the media because they, they hate the long games because they, they're just complaining. They're complaining about these long games that they have to go cover four hours and whatnot. And the only thing I can think of as a fan is no, 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 no. You get to go to these games. That you get paid to go to these games. Why are you complaining about an extra 10, 15 minutes that, that you're there? Right? I mean, to me, it is absolutely absurd. And we and we get this in, in all sports, all of the media, they just they become distant from reality. Here comes Justin. Um I don't know if he had to reset or whatnot, but here, here he is. Go ahead and add him back in. As Justin goes to join us, uh, Justin, I th- I think what you were saying before before you, we had the uh, issues was that you don't mind it if if they stop the clock at the end of the in inside the two minutes, and we just lost him again. <laughs> Valley sports must have hurt, hurt, hurt what he had to say. And they're, uh, they're, uh, <laughs> they're killing his, uh, his, uh, feed. Uh, let me see if, if we get him here again, here in a second. Um, but we're going to go ahead and take a really quick break. Cause I'm going to have to help Justin out with his, uh, technology. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves country and Braves country HD, wherever you stream, keep it locked in here on the key and wherever you s- stream on Braves Country HD. You play to win the game. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. I had trouble with interviews when I first started in, in the business because I didn't. I was very antisocial. I just wanted to be in a little room screaming and hollering and playing. You know, uh, three dog night and 
Grand Funk Railroad Records. I had a, I, one of my first jobs was in Memphis. And I used to play a lot of Jimi Hendrix songs there. And uh, he was coming to town and I was talking about him. I was playing, let me stand next to your fire. Remember that? So uh, I got a call. Hey, I'm with, I'm with the record company and I got Jimi Hendrix with me and he wants to do an interview with you. I said, oh, man. So I got a clipboard and I wrote down three questions. <laughs> I wrote it down. So he comes in, he's sitting there and he's obviously out of it. Right. Yeah. So I go like this. I said, uh, Jimmy, it's nice to have you here in Memphis. Uh, you know, you're doing a show. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, right. So then I said, uh, I know you you broke up with the experience. You got a new band, Band of Gypsies. Who's in that band with you? And he goes, I don't know, man. <laughs> I go, oh, crap. I only got two more questions left. So then I go like this. I go, I know you've been on the road. Where'd you play last night? I don't know, man. <laughs> so I only got one question left. I said, I know you're working on a new album. You got a title for it yet? He goes, you could give me another question. <laughs> so I turn to get my clipboard, and all of a sudden I hear... He passed out right on the console. Oh, my God. And I go, like, now I really don't know what to do. <laughs> Holy crap. Jimmy Hendrix passed out on my show. What am I going to do? So the next thing, the man manager says, I think the interview's over. <laughs> and then he grabs Jimmy, he sets him up, and he throws up on my console. Oh, oh my God. And I'm going like, it. oh, no. <laughs> that yeah. was it, man. That was my first interview. Armchair. It's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who the, the 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 team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep score in little league anymore. Are you listening? Welcome back. Not 100% sure what's going on with Justin. He's been uh, foiled by technology. So we'll wait for him to uh, rejoin us. Uh, did have a couple other things to get into. Basically, if you're, if you're just joining us, college football is planning on changing their, their clock rules. Or it appears that they are. It's not set in stone. But it looks like that the big thing is the clock will not stop after a first down. It shouldn't stop after when, when they run out of bounds either. And all of that will change except with two minutes left. Now, the one thing they haven't knocked out with is will it guys going out of bounds with two minutes left. They're talking about that, uh, staying but they're still up in the air about the first down. So I read that during the break because I, I wanted to get some clarification. What it looks like is we're going to end up with much faster football games, no matter much more faster uh, college football games, no matter what they ended up deciding on long-term. I, I like all of it, but what I, I guess what I was trying to get across there was that if you're going to do it, then do it. 
meaning don't give me this caveat at the at the end it, with two minutes left that the, the time is going to stop at the end on on a first down out of bounds is one thing because that that's that's an nfl thing as it is right but i've never saw the reason why the clock had to stop when you chain when you did the change and a lot of it had to do with the fact that first of all the chain movement would just be a lot slower and i mean a lot slower and then also teams were not throwing the ball as much so they were trying to run like hurry up offenses running the ball off tackle and whatnot this is years and years and years ago they just grandfathered that rule in for decades when it probably could have gotten, they probably could have gotten rid of this rule, honest engine, probably late 80s, early 90s. By the late 80s, early 90s, most teams knew how to run two minute offense. And I know by the mid 90s, every team could. I, I remember growing up watching college football at the very, very beginning in the early 80s, in the mid 80s when I was a kid. And the teams that could actually execute two-minute offenses were few and far between, and they had a huge, huge advantage. It's one of the reasons why the teams in the South were much better than the teams in the North for a long period of time because teams in the Big Ten took a long time to absorb the passing game, whereas the Southern football teams really took to it. And the Southern football teams really took to it because they were impressing upon or leaning upon the fact that they had usually had more speed than, than the Northern teams and they would use it and they would use it in the passing game. Now it's, I think it's pretty basic across the board. I think across the board, you've got good passing teams across the nation. You don't need to stop the clock. It, just, it feels cheap to me, I guess is the reason why I don't like it. It feels cheap. Because when you play, if you're going to play an entire game of 58 minutes one way, and then the last two minutes, you're going to make it a lot easier to move the ball. That's, that's where I'm at on that. I don't mind the last two minutes, even if you want to do five minutes, where if you run out of bounds, it stops the clock. I've always felt like five minutes was a little too much. But in the NFL, the only thing I don't like in the NFL, the way the clocks work, and this really just comes down to the fact that they need to change the NFL play clock. The NFL play clock's too long. I think it needs to come down to like 30 seconds. Most most teams move much faster anyways. I've never liked the, the thing where you get in an NFL game and you have a lead and you're in the last two and a half minutes of the game and the opposing team loses its last, uses its last timeout and then somehow the last two minutes of the game are basically meaningless. You just kneel on the ball. That's the only thing I don't like about the NFL game is that, and I get the strategy. I, I understand why the teams are doing it. I just wish there was a way to not run out the clock like that. 
You know, Earl Weaver said it best when he's talking about the game of baseball and why baseball is the best game in the world. And he's, he said it best. It's the reason why I love baseball over every other sport because baseball, you cannot run out the clock. You have to put the ball over the plate and give the man his opportunity to hit the ball. You can't just run it into the line and salt away the clock for a victory. You can't knee on the, on, on the clock, but I don't think that's, it's, I don't think it's going to have a huge effect on the overall game of college football. What you're going to see is it is a little absurd when a game kicks off at noon Eastern and nine times out of 10, that game eclipses the three thirty national kickoff. The SEC game of the week normally starts at 3.30. I think the kick normally ends up being like 3.35 or 3.38, depending. And it's a little absurd when you're watching the noon game and there's there's still three minutes left in the, we'll say, Tennessee-Auburn game that kicked off at noon and the 3.30 game of the week, Alabama versus Florida. The ball's high in the air, and you're like, I'm still trying to watch this game. And it started almost four hours ago. It's gotten a little better over the last decade or so because I can remember as a kid growing up and watching college football, and they stopped the clock for every time someone sneezed. And it was never a big deal if you were watching some of the games in like the Big Ten or whatnot where they didn't throw the ball a lot. But if you remember in the 1980s when it really took off for Miami and Florida State and that rivalry, they routinely would kick that game off at noon on a Saturday afternoon, and that game would not finish till almost 4.30. And that's ridiculous. At that point, that's ridiculous. And it's not just dragging the game out too long for the fans or whatnot. What about the kids on the field? You're, you're increasing the chance of injury. But if they can get it into that three, three-and-a-half-hour window, that's perfect. I don't think you're ever going to get it much lower than that. But that three-hour window with a little change left over, to me, is acceptable. We're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to see if we can find Justin, man. I don't know what happened to him. I think Bally's heard, heard him talking smack, and they cut off his phone. All right, we'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. I might audible. If I audible, I'll use Omaha! Omaha! Red Polly! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! Blue Poncho! Do it, do it! Rambo! Rambo! Give me curse out here, curse You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Japan! Richmond, New York! Richmond, Florida! Sally, Buffalo! Jet! Jet! Hey! Short Ox! Luda Raiders! Beware, my friend, and let me warn you that they're going to take it up on California. Let's keep the Dodgers in Brooklyn. Our house is not a home without some love. Don't let them leave our premises. L.A. will be their nemesis. But Brooklyn fits the Dodgers like a glove. Visit Shane Company for meaningful holiday gifts. Our in-house design team creates unique styles of fine jewelry in every price range, exquisite symbols, 
crafted with superior standards and made to last a lifetime. We have a variety of diamond infinity designs to symbolize your everlasting love. We're also known for our natural and vibrant rubies, which represent enduring passion. Or select a stylish necklace with the stone in her favorite color or her birthstone, so you'll always be close to her heart. Our jewelry consultants in the store and online will help you find something beautiful to put under the tree. Your gift will be a symbol of your love that will be treasured forever. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business, Shane Company and Shaneco.com. Hey folks, this is Mark White with the Mark White Show, and you can tune in to the Mark White Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Rock 99 WQEE The Key, the home of Southern Sports and Talk. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern right here on the key and youtube.com at Braves country. Welcome back. I think Justin's phone melted down. I tried calling with the break. It's going straight to voicemail. So I don't know what happened, man, but I think he's, I think his uh, phone melted. I think uh, MLB heard him talking smack about the, uh, you know, all the blackouts in his area. They said, you know what we're going to do? Blackout your phone. That's what we're here to do. Uh, okay. College basketball. I was trying to get Justin back on so when, when we did the picks, but I'm going to go ahead and do a few picks for y'all today. Uh, hit again last night. <laughs> By the way, our uh, our uh, jockey buddy that, that keeps tweeting the show and uh, keeps talking smack about the Braves and everything, uh, and he took another one on the chin last night. He was like one and three or whatever last night. He says he's a walking disaster in college basketball, man. And it's funny. He's still got so many people are following him and betting his picks and his picks are terrible. During this whole process, I found three or four other guys that make much better picks. And that's where I base mine off of. I kind of listen to them all and then I do do my own research. But my word, ever since he talked badly about someone being 58% that he would quit. He's been under 500 ever since then. And this we're, this has been a month and a half. So, fraud. <laughs> we're going to uncall it. It's a fraud. Um, now, for college basketball tonight, we've got some pretty good games. We really do. The, the UConn-Providence game, UConn's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, you got number 20 versus number 18, and... I do think UConn's going to win that game, but unless I'm teasing that, I just don't like giving up seven and a half points in a game that should be pretty well contested. And it's a decent little rivalry. They lost to Providence, by the way, by 12 much earlier in the year. And I, I know much different circumstances and whatnot, but there's no way that I'm, I'm taking that. I also don't think I would take Providence in the points. If I did anything, I would be teasing the UConn line down a little bit. Virginia versus Boston College. Virginia is a nine-point favorite on the road in BC. Virginia should be able to pound them. But one one of my favorite plays of the day would be to take UConn and, and Virginia and 
tease that down and get that number much more reasonable, whether you did a six point tease or what, what have you Virginia uh, ranked up to number six in the country. The thing is they don't blow a lot of teams out. They play methodical, really good basketball. And it's a slower pace. I hate giving up nine points from Virginia, especially on the road, even though Boston college is, is not the bees knees this year. Right. But they are seven and ten in the ACC and can be a pain. Houston's a fifteen point favorite at home against Tulane and Alabama. This is one of the larger spreads I do like. Alabama's sixteen point favorite at South Carolina. I don't think it's going to be enough. It's, it's, and Alabama has had had their woes here and there on on the road. They should pound South Carolina. South Carolina is absolutely horrific. And Alabama's got a chance if they keep it together over the next several games. Alabama's got a chance to actually be the the one seed overall. But regardless, if they just hold serve, they ought to be a one seed. I don't think it really matters you for the number one overall seed. I really don't, because they're going to put you in your in your region. It doesn't realistically matter. But a lot of people get worked up and get locked into all that. All right, ACC action tonight outside of the Virginia-Boston College game we just talked about. There's a couple of big games for a couple of teams that really need wins. Clemson has lost three of four, and they're at home against Syracuse with with a five-point, giving up five points at home. North Carolina is giving up six and a half on the road at Notre Dame. That's another spot right there where I really like the tease. North Carolina State is a five point favorite at home against Wake. That could be that that could be a touchy game. I I think it's a little tricky giving up five points and taking NC State. I think that line's just a little high for me, so I'm steering clear of it. Now the Southeastern Conference, there's some good games tonight. The big one, Kentucky at Florida. Kentucky sitting there on that bubble. They need a win, and they need a win in a big way. Florida would need to get on a hot streak. Florida's 7-7 and right now in the SEC. I think if they're sitting right there around 500 in the SEC, I don't think Florida's going to get in. They've got Kentucky at home. Then they go to Vanderbilt, a white-hot Vanderbilt team. They won five in a row in in conference play, and that's going to be a tough one. That game is Saturday night. Six o'clock on the deuce. Tonight's game is uh, on on Uno, ESPN Uno, seven p.m. and should be a raucous crowd. Should be. I, I love watching the the Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee triangle rivalry. I love watching those games. They're usually really really good, and I don't necessarily have a dog in any of the hunts, but I. Love watching the three of them just go at it. It's usually really good basketball. So we get the Kentucky-Florida game tonight, and Florida is a two-and-a-half-point dog on their home court. I don't feel good about that game either way. Kentucky should win it, but that is a tough place to play, and Kentucky hasn't been playing good enough basketball for me to be that confident of them on the road. The other games 
in the SEC. First of all, Vanderbilt LSU. I love that game. That is my lock of the day. Give me Vanderbilt on the money line. I, I grabbed him at a minus 130. I think it's gone up a little bit to a 135. Vanderbilt. I said earlier, I didn't think that I would. I, I wanted to do this, but I'm going to go ahead against my better judgment one more time and take the Vanderbilt Commodores to continue their win streak and put LSU out. LSU's 1-13 in the SEC this year. They, LSU fans can't wait for basketball season to be over and to be able to just focus on the baseball team who's number one in the country. But Vanderbilt is on a roll, and if Vanderbilt can get this win tonight and then get the W against Florida on Saturday, we're talking about a Vanderbilt team that was kind of a laughing stock at the beginning of the year that could be punching their ticket to the NCAA tournament. And if you don't care one way or the other, if you're just a fan of underdogs, this Vanderbilt is a pretty good story. Ole Miss and Auburn also play tonight. Auburn should get that W. They're 12 and a half point favorite. I just don't feel comfortable enough for Auburn to give up 12 and a half points. To me, that is an extremely high number. Auburn has been so inconsistent this year. They're eight and six in SEC play. And I'm just, I, I'm steering clear of that. The ones in the SEC, if you want a little fun with, I love the Vanderbilt game. I know it's on the road and, the, and that's the tricky part of it. If I'm going to take it, I would probably take Kentucky on the money line, but I'm a little nervous because I could see Florida fighting them off. Florida still has a puncher's chance of getting into the NCAA tournament, but they got to win games like tonight. They've got to win games like tonight. You can't you can't keep spitting the bit and expect it. This is not a season. I we were talking about this earlier. This is not a season. where like West Virginia, who's five games under 500 in conference play. Are somehow they're going to get in the in the tournament. I still don't understand that logic. This is not the game. All right, other games. If you're looking for some fun tonight, and you're like, man, what, I really want to watch some good college basketball, some good games, some some off the radar games. And remember, we're going to start getting some conference tournaments here uh, as early as uh, late next week. So so here is. A handful of games that you might want to dive into. One of the ones that I like tonight, Boston University. They're getting three points on the road against Army. BU is a little underrated. I am riding with BU. I believe Boston is going to get the outright win, but I'll probably go ahead and take the points. Another game that's a little off off the off the beaten track. This one here to me is a game. It's a little, the number is, is a little strange to me. And I was looking at the injury report because I thought it had something to do with it. it really doesn't. Holy cross is getting four and a half at loyal Maryland. Holy cross has got a pretty decent ball club and they should be able to keep that number close. So I'm re- I haven't made my my final decisions till after the show. Of course, if you ju- if you're just joining, Vanderbilt's my lock of the night. Vanderbilt on the money line, but I'm seriously thinking about some version of either Holy Cross, either taking them on the points, or I may just grab Holy Cross in some kind of a teaser. 
for, for I had someone ask me this the other day on social media when I'm talking about teasers. What am I talking about with basketball? Your typical ones are four points, and that's a, a lot of your sites give you even money. So two teams plus four because you're only talking about two possessions or a possession and a half. I tend to go with the six-point teasers. That's usually a minus 110 or a minus 120, depending on the matchup, and that's where I usually go with with the teasers on on, uh, college basketball. Clemson, now that number has has dropped down. It was five, five and a half this morning. They're now a four-point favorite. I think they're going to find a way to get the win. Clemson at home against Syracuse, I really like that one. Another one that is off the beaten path just a little bit if you're looking for a game it should be a pretty good one in the A-10. Davidson, six-point favorite at home against St. Bonaventure. Once again, that's another one of those one of those uh, games that I would be enticed to tease and, and not take it outright. Because to me, it's better to grab two games that you really like and put them on the teaser because you're going to get more of a payback on that than, than if you grab one on like, let's say they're a three or four point favorite on the money line. And I know it's a little tricky because they both have to hit because it's a parlay. But in my experience, I've had much more success with that. Dayton giving up eight and a half at UMass. They'll probably cover that. They're 10 and four in the A-10 and they do play pretty well on the road. UMass really doesn't. I've seen three UMass games this year. They do not have any crowd to speak of. Marcus Camby's not walking through that door. So, leaning with Dayton tonight. We'll grow one more. What about Campbell? Campbell's getting three and a half. Now, I liked this earlier this morning I, when I took it. They, they were at four and a half. So, I, I grabbed it at that three and a half. It's a little tricky to me. But I still think there's a good chance that Campbell's going to get the win outright and Campbell should be able to dominate the glass against Winthrop. So those are, th- those are the games that I really like in the early slate and got about a minute left here. Let me grab one more that uh, here's one. Here's one that you, that you like a lot. Kennesaw state is only a three point favorite against at North Alabama. Kennesaw State is the best team in the A Sun. So I'm gonna so I would take them on the money line. Normally that sits around the minus 125 number when it's when it's minus three. Kennesaw State on the money line to me seems like a slam dunk. And there you have that. All right, my walk off for the day. Vanderbilt's the lock. My number. If 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 I had a one and one a one a would be Kennesaw State on the money line. We'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully, everyone will get their get their devices working tomorrow. Joey stops by, and we've also got Doug and Steven. We're going to be talking a lot of fantasy baseball and a lot of major league baseball tomorrow as we are getting ready for the season. Just 48 out. Well, actually, no, it's uh, 46 hours to the first spring training game and just under three days before the Atlanta Braves right here on the key. 105 first pitch. We'll have the call. Braves, Red Sox. Let's go. Who's ready for, for some baseball? About tired of all this. Just stop it with the XFL. You're embarrassing yourself.
Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia. This Saturday afternoon, February 25th, 1.05 p.m. Eastern, Braves Country Baseball is back. We'll have play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch, inning-by-inning of your Atlanta Braves. That's Braves Red Sox. This Saturday, 105 Eastern on Braves Country HD, youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country.